0: Hello and welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. I'm Eric, Discipleship Pastor here at New Life Lutheran Church. Today on the podcast, we are beginning a new conversation about reading together, how we read scripture, what scripture is, and why it's important to the Christian community. Before we jump in, I just want to clarify a couple of things. We begin this podcast kind of in the middle of a conversation, and we didn't do a good job of starting at the beginning and building up from there. So here at New Life, we believe that the scriptures are the inspired word of God, and the scriptures are those found in the Old and New Testament, the 66 books. We believe that they are each individual books that are combined together into one bigger book that tells the story of God's work in Israel, God's work in Christ, and then God's work in the church. We believe that the scriptures are good for people, and that listening to the scriptures is in fact listening to God's own words. One last announcement, this will be the last podcast for 2018, and we will pick back up in the new year. Thanks for listening in today. If you have any questions, you can email me at eric.anderson at nllutheran.com. That's e-r-i-k.anderson at nllutheran.com. You can find our podcast at nlutheranpodcast.com. You find it on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thanks for listening. Let's get growing. All right, guys. Last time on the podcast, we did a QA. And one of the questions that was asked was, well, how can we trust the Bible? And what I wanted to do was just explore that a little bit more, but I want to back it up and just help people help our congregation and our community and others listening. Think about what the Bible is, why it's important, why we read it, why we pray with it. Because I feel like in, as a pastor, in my experience, that's been the most misunderstood part of the Christian life is how we read the Bible what it does, why it does what it does. Um so I'm just going to start off and just ask you guys what is
1: the Bible? As believers, we're supposed to believe that it is uh God breathe, so it's God's word and it's not just guys 2000 years ago plus writing down what they what they thought was right. Um 1st Timothy actually tells us that it's God breathed. And so it's actually God's word.
2: Well, I think Tim is right. that uh, you know, to find out what the Bible is, you just have to look at what the Bible says it is first of all, but just in a, a broad stroke, the Bible is a lot of things. And I think that's the hardest part for people to understand is the Bible is poetry. The Bible is history. The Bible is mostly all encompassing God's interaction with man. And, God's interaction, then through that man to us. And so there's a, there's a bunch of things in there. And, I, and uh, I think that's when people do damage to the Bible is when they try to put it all into one box. But you really have to understand that it's a, it's a myriad of things. There's history, there's stories of God's interaction with us, there's, there's poetry, there's apocalyptic language, which is the one that most people get screwed up and messed up and based all, really a lot of bad theology on. But it's a, it's a myriad of things, but most importantly, it is what it, it's defined as by itself, uh, which is a tool for us to, to navigate life and to understand God, and it's useful for all sorts of things. It's really useful for everything, even though it gives us a basic list. I mean, it's what it's, what it's saying is it's all-encompassing, a tool for us to use from God uh, for us to navigate life well and to understand our interaction and our relationship with God well.
0: Yeah, I think that you um, nailed some of the issues that people have um, on the head there, Ben, where people, they, they approach the Bible with all sorts of false ideas about what it is. And it's like, we're used to reading textbooks in school. And we're used to reading Jane Austen and all that kind of stuff. And then we when we approach the Bible, those are the categories that we read it with. And the Bible is not a textbook in the way that we read a science textbook. The Bible is not Shakespeare, the way that we read Shakespeare. It's not any of those things. It's, it's a conglomeration of several different literary styles that were inspired and written over 4,000 years. And so when we approach it, that's kind of how we have to approach it is on its own terms. And we have to let it tell us what's going on in the stories instead of trying to like force something out of it. I think that one of the most important things in my life when I came to start reading scripture seriously and learning more about God was the realization that scripture is literature. And it's a lot of different kinds of literature all put together into one book. So when we read it, we have to think about it as literature or we're going to totally misappropriate what it's trying to say about God and what it's trying to do. Um, So I know for me, like just learning how to... Not necessarily read well, because I don't think you have to be smart to understand the Bible, but I do think you have to work hard to understand the Bible. It's not easy to understand, but it's also not, so, it's not something that only the educated can understand. So I think that what the Bible tells us about itself, especially in Psalm 1, is that this is supposed to be something that we read over and over and over again over a lifetime. Uh, Psalm 1 says that the, the truly happy person meditates on God's law. He meditates on God's word day and night. And so we're actually supposed to be these people that are constantly hearing it or reading it, rereading it, rehearing it over a whole lifetime. And when that happens, Psalm 1 says that we'll be like trees planted by a stream of water that will be fruitful. It says that we'll bear fruit at just the right time and that whatever we do succeed. So it actually gives us God's word over time. And by submitting to it over a long period of time, it actually does something to us. But I think that it's, it's important not to treat it like golden tablets falling from heaven. Cause that's not what we believe. We don't believe that it was just something that was given to humans in its final form, but it was something that God inspired humans to do. It's a work that God did with humans and not just gave to them, but actually inspired people to do this. So we know who wrote certain parts of the Bible. They were historical people. We can highlight um, the histories around how the books were formed and that's all part of the scriptures being formed together, which I think is a really important thing when we start talking about reading the Bible.
2: I think one of the things you said, Eric, that was really good, is that the Bible is accessible to all, but it's also something you can revisit and learn something new every time. And I've heard it said, probably not exactly like this, but the same ethos of this idea is that it's shallow enough water for anyone to swim in, but it's deep enough for everyone to drown in. And uh, and I've I found that to be so true in my life, is where even as a little kid. And, and just is not bragging. It's just, I went to a Christian school. And so being a part of that kind of culture, you do some interesting things as a young child. And so one of the things I did was for the first time in my life, I read through the entire Bible when I was 12. And uh, even as a 12 year old, I was able to pick up things from the beginning to the end and comprehend a lot of it because it's simple life truth and a simple spiritual truths for us to hold on to and guide us into righteousness and help us understand our relationship with God. But now we're talking 24 years later, I keep doing that pattern and reading through the scriptures and every year I learn something new and it's deeper and deeper. And honestly, what has happened in my life is after I got out of undergrad and I continued to read the Bible, I thought I knew it all. And then I started drowning in it because as I understood more and the more I read, you can read the same verse every year, year after year after year and find a new depth to it and grow in your faith and understand God differently. And that's what's so amazing about Scripture, different than any other book, is that you can see God's handiwork in it just by experiencing it and reading it. That the most uneducated person can read through it or listen to it and understand the basic truths of the Bible, but the wisest scholar will continue to learn from it. And that's like, like, unlike any other book you've ever read because you would never say... To a first grader, read this first grade math book. And then you say to a college professor who teaches math, read this as well. We don't work like that, but the Bible is just unbelievable that it's accessible to a a new believer. Someone just searching out the ideas and the truth of the faith, but also will baffle a scholar. And uh, you can see God's handiwork in that. And there's also a beauty in that, that God continues to unveil truth to us all throughout this amazing book that he wrote, which was, as Eric said, inspired through people written down over thousands and thousands of years to hold a consistent plot line, a cons- consistent story and point everyone back to, to, and forward to the Messiah, which is unbelievably baffling that that's even possible to get all these people on the same page. And of course, in order to do that, you have to have a central leader, which is the Holy Spirit. And that that's what makes the Bible so unbelievable to me.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to highlight before we move on that it is, and and you brought it up just then, that it's a it's a narrative. It's a story, a huge, long, overarching story, but there are lots of different kinds of stories, small stories, and there's all sorts of other different kinds of literature that make up that story. And we believe as Christians, and especially as Lutherans, our, our particular biblical tradition, our biblical interpretation uh, tradition would tell us that all the Old Testament is pointing forward to Jesus and all the New Testament is pointing back to Jesus, which is just what you said, Pastor Ben, that everything is about Jesus. It's all about Christ and it's Christ is the word of God. So he's the fulfillment of the scripture and he's the, he's the one that it is all witnessing to. So ultimately the scriptures are meant to bring us to Jesus and ultimately to the father so that's kind of the that's would be our basic assumption about it um, but with that there are lots of different there's I mean treasure troves to be dug up in every story and every poem and every history and every genealogy and everything that and all the different all the different kinds of narrative that take place in the Bible we can dig into but it all eventually points us back to that place to Jesus We believe as Christians that hearing the Bible or reading the Bible, the scriptures were written in such a way to be read out loud. So I think that's an important thing to to mention is that hearing it is just as good as reading it. Um, So either hearing the Bible or reading the Bible, we believe that's an important part of the Christian life, a necessary part of the Christian life. So how would a brand new Christian, if they came into your office and said, I just became a believer, I need a Bible, and I want you to tell me how to read it, what would you tell them?
1: So, for instance, if one of my youth were to come in and tell this to me, um, I would say to not only read it once, but to read it multiple times. Uh, Don't just read one passage of scripture and think that that's all that that passage of scripture is saying. It's important to read uh, the entire book uh, just to one, to get the context and to get the writer, like the way the writer um, likes to, likes to speak like the way that the way the, the writer likes to communicate. And so when you, because oftentimes if you just read something once um, you can miss things that are important and essential to what the either to what the writer is trying to portray. Um, and so for me, I know, I always I can't just read something once I have to read it multiple times uh, for me, for it to really to start to click. Uh, it's not something just for, as we said before, it's not something that's almost exclusively for educated people, because if you're listening to it or if you're not as educated, um, that's the reason we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us um, learn as to uh, what John 14 talks about. And that's why um, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit when he ascended into the heaven to be with the Father. Um, and so um, that's what the Holy Spirit is for. And that's why a lot of non-believers, people who have never uh, really given Christianity a chance, when they try to read and when they try to comprehend the Bible, they can't do that because they don't have the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, one, uh, it's okay to pray for, uh, for the holy spirit to help you. It's not like it's just God isn't just some cosmic being out there that doesn't care about care about us. He sent us his holy spirit to help us uh navigate our lives and to help us navigate our Christian walk. And so um but yeah, that's one of the main reasons I believe a lot of non-believers uh have a hard time uh discerning what the Bible is saying and portraying. Uh, and so as um as I tell these to my some of my students, it kind of starts to click for them, but they also need to understand just reading it you know once or twice or even three times also might not be enough <laughs> uh they have to realize that meditation is extremely important. it's something that you have to work at because learning the Bible and reading the Bible is something you have to work at It's not just. Something that, oh, since I believe in Jesus now, I'm going to be incredible at this.
2: The easy yet not so easy answer is to say, we're going to read the Bible like the disciples. Now, instantly, that should probably throw up a red flag for you because you should be thinking, well, Ben, the disciples didn't have the Bible. Or maybe you didn't, they didn't throw up a red flag, which is probably another issue. But the disciples did not have the Bible, but they did interact with the Bible. Because in John, it tells us that the word became flesh. So Jesus literally was the Bible speaking. And so they heard the Bible spoken to them and they literally wrote down the words of Jesus. And that became the gospel message. And so when someone comes in, I'd say, we're going to study the Bible like the disciples, which means two things. We're going to start by hearing the words of Jesus, which means we're going to look at the gospels. Typically, I just point them towards Luke. That's my favorite. So I'd say, let's read through Luke. And they could go home and they could read through Luke and hear the story of Christ's birth all the way to his death and resurrection and, and all those things. After they're done with that, what I do is I'd say, okay, we're going to continue to read the Bible like the disciples did. And what the disciples did is they interacted with the Bible, which is Jesus, the word in flesh, and they asked him questions. So I tell them, get yourself a mentor. Maybe it can be me or somebody else. As you're reading and as you run into something where you need to ask questions, ask questions of someone who's ahead of you. The reality is the people who do the best in life are standing on the shoulders of the people before them. And so all throughout the centuries of Christianity, we're all standing on the shoulders of spiritual giants and we move forward faster when we take advantage of those who are already there, have already learned and can help us through those things. So pick a gospel, read through it, partner with somebody who's already been there. And so when you run into those questions, you can act just like the disciples who turned to Christ and said, what does this mean? How do I understand this? What are the implications of this? And he answered them. So I think anyone who's starting to read the Bible should start with the gospel, start with Christ's story, start with Christ's words, but have someone to partner with them. And once they're done with that, I would turn them to the Acts and then unleash them onto the rest of the Bible. But they're going to start picking up those patterns and those ways, and they're going to grow. And soon, hopefully over time, what happens is someone comes to them says, hey, I'm a new believer, or I'm rediscovering faith, or I'm reconnecting with faith, what do I do? And they're going to point them to the words of Christ. They can walk them through it, and they can be the spiritual giant who this person stands on their shoulders. And that pattern should continue all throughout the centuries, all throughout life, and allows people to move forward faster and better and really begin to understand Scripture. And everyone can grow in that capacity, just like the disciples grew by hearing Christ's words, asking him questions, and then ultimately, they did us a great service by writing all those things down. And then we can read them today and really re-experience Christ just like they experienced him for the first time.
0: Yeah, when I in the past when I when this has happened to me, I pointed them to Luke as well. And I actually would read it with them. So we would get together and we would read Luke out loud together. And we'd read about three or four chapters, so we'd read a big chunk of it at a time. And it would just kind of be a guided reading through Luke's gospel. And then we would go to Acts and what I would do as we were reading Luke's gospel, not only would I be introducing them to Jesus through that gospel, but I would also be pointing out some of the allusions to the Old Testament. And the amazing thing is that if you if you want to follow Jesus and you read about him in the gospel, pretty soon you realize that he really, really loved the Old Testament and he quoted it a lot. And so did the other, uh, the apostles quoted the Old Testament a lot. And so then after Luke and Acts, I would point them back to the Old Testament, and especially Genesis. Uh, so I would go back to Genesis before we would hop forward to um, some of the other New Testament books, but that's actually almost exactly how I would do it too, is I'd introduce them to Act, to Luke and Acts, read through it with them, and then point them back to Genesis. Let those things be what shapes their imagination as they read the rest of Scripture, is that they have the story of Jesus and the apostles, they have the, the first things of Genesis, then as they read the rest of the Scriptures, I feel like those those kind of anchor points would be good spots for them to know so that as they read the rest of it, they can always be referencing back to those things and be shaped by those things.